forget the psycho stuff he did. There's no red flags. Zero. I saw none. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Spice Rack Pod. Today we are going back to our dark roots, but before we get into Cruel King, Sav, how are you doing? I'm good. My favorite episodes always start when Emily and I spend the first 20 minutes of our call just talking shit. <laughs> so we've caught up on all of our gossip and we are now ready to talk about books. It's a little catch up time. We have to have our catch up time. So many people got engaged this weekend. We had to just cut <laughs> I personally am ready for fall. My Ugg boots came in the mail. Oh, she's like, ready. I am just becoming a happier person. Um, I don't know why, but I am finding the urge to dye my hair blonde. I know that's something I would never do. I know I would never <laughs> dye my hair blonde. I am taken aback. <laughs> I don't even know what you would look like blonde. Um, it would look so bad, but I'm just like fighting that like urge. And then I've been doing some shopping, getting ready for fall. And it's just like interesting to see like as like you grow older, how like your color palette changes, like the clothes and stuff that you go to. So now I'm just like buying just plain neutrals. Like if I see anything like bright, I'm just kind of walking right by it. Okay. Now I did the thing that analyzes what colors look best on you. And so that's how I buy color. Like, that's how I buy clothes and stuff now. And so I'm like a baby blue, bright blue, pink. And then like neutrals look good on pretty much everybody. But it like analyzes your color palette and what you should wear. So so we got a really nice comment from the Spice Rack page. Oh, we did? popped up on my watch. She said, loved your yeehaw summer. Just listened to this week's episode and Lila Sage said Tim Riggins from Friday Night Lights is the Luke Brooks inspiration. Absolute perfection. Ooh, we didn't even put that together. No, I didn't put that together. Huh. That was was wholesome that we just got a nice little comment as we were recording. (laughs) I'm also in a fall mood. I completely decorated my house for fall. I have ghosts up in the fucking tree in the front yard. It's September 11th so I'm ready I don't care that I'm a month and a half early as I was putting my shit up this weekend people were honking at me and making conversation about how decorated my yard is I do not care I am like on the cusp of becoming the inflatable yard woman like that's where I am I am like one bad day away from becoming inflatable decor yard woman so I have a question so okay. I don't get any trick-or-treaters, but my boyfriend and his roommate's neighborhood, they get trick-or-treaters. <sighs> I know that these two men are not going to, but I'm they like, we do. have to get candy in a bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm like, I might lead the trick-or-treating initiative. Oh my God. I want trick-or-treaters so bad. I've wanted them since I graduated college and like started living on my own and I've never had them. You have to embrace this opportunity. Okay. I don't know if that was like overstepping. No. Fuck okay. that. If he's putting it in you, you're giving candy out. That's the ratio. 
That was an out-of-pocket thing to say. I apologize. <laughs> just so funny. Ball is also meaning football, so I'm deep in my football era right now. But I have to tell y'all about fantasy football. So I'm playing fantasy football for the first time in my life. I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. I've now realized that I picked a shit-ass team because I was just picking people. But one of my friends was having a league and she was going to do one for couples and the couples one got canceled and Seth was like so excited about playing. And so she's like, okay, he can play with us. So I'm in a league called for the girls, gays and Seth because he's the only straight white male in the entire league. So we're drafting and Seth had made his whole thing based off of picking Trevor Lawrence. And he told me this, he's like, my whole strategy really stems around Trevor Lawrence. So I obviously took Trevor Lawrence. I was number two in the draft. (laughs) You can't share your strategy with me and expect me to do nothing with it. So I took him. Someone took Joe Burrow. I took Trevor Lawrence. So then Seth, we were in separate rooms. He was taking this shit so seriously. So I hear him. He's like, yeah. And I look at my screen and he picked Deshaun Watson. Okay. You are not a football girly, so I don't know if you will know this. But... I know, yeah, no, no, I know. Okay, you're aware. Seth, yes. I guess, wasn't aware. I said, Seth, you took Deshaun Watson in a league called For the Girls and Gays? And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, Google him. I yelled through the house, Google him. And I hear him click. And then I hear him go, oh, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, how am I supposed to be like, yeah, Deshaun Watson on Sundays? It's been so funny because I just every day I'm like, man, must be nice to be a straight white man cheering for an abuser on your fantasy football team. <laughs> so that's my funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I'm not really into the football, but boyfriend watches college football. So that's how I spent my Saturday night. We're learning. We're learning. I'm proud of you. This is a, like a lot of growth for you. This is. This is. It is. Yeah, we watch football all day Saturday, all day Sunday. I also have been, when I was taking those pottery classes like a year ago, I don't even know if we were doing the pod then. It was so relaxing. Like I was so at peace. So I reached out to the girl who did the classes and she will like fire stuff for you. So I've been doing pottery at home. So then I'll take it to her and she'll like finish it. So I was like making my little bowls and (laughs) watching football. It was so relaxing. I was at peace. That's like an ideal like weekend. A nice absolutely calm weekend. with my pumpkin candles like in the back. I was fucking thriving. <laughs> no, I I wore a sweater yesterday. I wore an orange sweater. I was like, I don't care. Did you sweat? It's not. It's not. It was like a, it was like a thin one. Okay, but it was the first like time wearing leggings in like quite a few months. Mm-hmm. I would like to briefly revisit you thinking of going blonde because I want to have a further discussion about this. Are I, you actually going to do it? No, I no. I think my hairstylist would be like, "You're on, you're smoking crap." Like, Why don't, don't you get bangs crap. instead? I feel like that's the alternative. Yeah, I'm going to get my hair cut in October. I haven't okay. decided yet because my hair has not been this long in a really long time. So I'm trying to see what I would want to do. I'm going in two weeks. I'm going back dark. Because normally if you want to go blonde, you would go blonde for summer. So it's like, I mean, obviously you can do yeah. whatever you want to, but most people go blonde for summer. So so we'll see. 
maybe in the spring we can revisit this whole blonde idea. Like, I want to do something. I don't want to get another tube. I don't want to get another piercing. You just know that, like, feminine or, like, you know, get that, like, feeling that you just, like, want. So I'm trying to figure out what that, like, want would, like, is. Are you, like, mentally well? Normally I have these urges yeah. when I'm mentally well. No, I am. But I was kind of just, like, I feel like I just needed to. Yeah, I'm just going to, like, cut my hair short again. We'll see. She's in the mood for a change. But it's not a because she's doing bad. It's because she's doing good. I'm just so worried because my hair is so naturally black that if I get blonde, it's going to end up looking like zebra stripes. I don't think it would be a process to get your hair blonde, but you might could do some like lighter highlights. That is true. That is true. I don't want you to we'll look see. like you're on a chicken fry because, you know, she has like blonde hair and that's like completely yeah. black at the roots. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, she dates back Ryan now. Did you know that? Yes. Okay, so I... And more on the Brianna chicken fry side of things, but you're more on the Zach Bryan side of things, right? Yeah. Did you see that he got arrested? I did see he got arrested. Like the day after like, his pre-sale went up. I don't know what it says about me, but I thought, I think that he might be more attractive to me now. Than he's he got arrested. <laughs> yeah. Did you end up getting tickets? Um, no, because they were like $550 to be in the absolute nosebleeds, like almost behind the stage. And I was like, this is crazy. That's ridiculous. I was getting sweaty because I had pre-sale. I got on at 10 and every time I'd find a ticket I liked, it said, oh, somebody else has them in their cart. Yeah. So I started getting super anxious. That happened to me a million times before I was like, you know what? This is kind of fucking dumb. I don't even like, I like this person. And I was going to drag Seth along and Seth like does not care. I'm like, I'm not spending this much on tickets that like only one of us kind of cares about. Yeah. No, that's more than our Taylor, our Taylor tickets were. Yeah. Well, what saves me, this is a top pro tip for the girlies. Make sure a lot of people set up their Spotify accounts when they were like 16. So they don't use that email anymore. Make sure your Spotify email is up to date because I got a presale code from being a Zach, Bra- uh, not Zach Brown, Zach Bryan listener on Spotify so a lot of times like I've gotten a lot of concert tickets because I'll just get an email and it's like here's a pre-sale code because so-and-so is going on tour and you listen to them like semi-regularly okay that's pretty interesting that's my top pro tip I need to look into that we're going to New Orleans this weekend for Odessa which is like a DJ yeah and they have like a drum line and I'm thinking that like Normally, there's, like, a lot of drugs at, like, ravey-type shows, but I'm thinking that New Orleans ravey-type show is going to be next level, so I am I need to, like, do a juice cleanse. I need to mentally prepare. I want to go for Mardi Gras, because Mardi Gras is always around my birthday. That would be so fun, but it has to be a girls-only trip. Okay. We cannot take boys to Mardi Gras in New Orleans. I only want to go with girls. I want to be okay. debaucherous. And my own right. I don't need any judgment from any fucking men. Because Alex has family that lives there. So that would be our free housing. That's fine. I will pay for an Airbnb to be judgment free. <laughs> I can't go. I'm kind of like also scared to go. I don't think we can do it this year because we don't have enough time to plan. Because yeah, I think we have to start planning like a year and a half in advance. But for next year, I think now we should we know. do that. Okay, perfect. Okay, great. Well, and now we've just been talking about nothing for almost an hour. <laughs> what have you been reading? 
So I am halfway done with King of Pride on audio. So I decided to do the audio book. Okay. And I'm glad I did because the more I'm getting into it, I think I would have DNF the hard copy book. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I'm just like getting like just all my car rides I'm listening to. And then I finished Cruel King. And my lineup is God of Pain, which is by Rena Kent. So it's the next book in this, the next generation series. And I got the last Knock and Mount book by Lucy School oh, yeah. that came out. So that is my lineup. Okay, God of Pain, I think I caught this in the ending author's note, is Astrid and Levi's child. Yes, Landon, the pure psychopath. I have to say, I think I could read God of Pain now, but I'm like- remember, remember Gillian from the first one? No, I don't, I don't so, remember. I haven't retained a thing about that. <laughs> so Gillian- and sister so it's Levi and Astrid's daughter that is so fun that now we like have seen the next generation I didn't realize that until after I finished it yeah I also like that that means that they stayed together you know yeah they they won the war so many marriages ended in divorce <laughs> what have you been reading I finished the witness protection series that I was like on one about um it was good. I'm glad that it's over and I like closed that chapter of my life. I do think if anybody wants a little thriller, I'm still recommending it. It wrapped up in a great way. Tied off with a bow. We're good to go. Then I read Cruel King by Rena Kent, which we're talking about today. I have no clue where I'm going next. I just got a Libby notification that Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets is available for me on audiobooks. So I think I'm going to get into that. And then I don't know what's in store for me. <laughs> I ordered the book by Kate Stewart. That is the Ravenhood trilogy that is all in Dom and like in Dom's yes, view. I have it on my Kindle. It came in the mail. I don't know if I'm emotionally ready yet to read that book. I still think I'm still hurt from the Ravenhood trilogy, but I'm excited for that one. Okay, so I started this and I got 15% of the way through. I think I've said this on the pod before. I really struggle with retellings from a different point of view because I get so fucking bored because I'm like, I already know what happens. I know how this ends. So I just, I can't do them, unfortunately for me, I think. So I'm going to see how it goes. I hope that you can because I know that that book holds a very emotional place in your heart. It does. It's like, I would get a Ravenhood like tattoo. <laughs> you should. Instead of going blonde, you should get a Ravenhood tattoo. I would like to voice this out here. Emily refuses to get friend tattoos and it hurts me to my soul because I want a little pepper tattoo. So if any of you bitches listening want to get a pepper tattoo with me because my best friend will not, I'm open to it. I'm so superstitious about matching tattoos. It doesn't even have to be like matching us. It's just about this phase in our life. Whatever. I'm going to be better about it forever. It's literally fine. <laughs> okay, so getting into this week's book about Rena Kent. Rena fell in love with a villain in an obscure indie movie and cried her heart out when he was killed. Her family members watched with bemused bewilderment as she screamed. I haven't read this. This is funny. Okay, wait. Her family members watched with bemused bewilderment as she screamed that it simply wasn't fair. Ever since then, she came to the fascinating realization that antiheroes, villains, and society's outcasts were her favorite characters. 
She's known to write unapologetic anti-heroes, and her books are sprinkled with a touch of darkness, a pinch of angst, and an unhealthy dose of intensity. Books by Rena Kent include the, the Legacy of God series, the Monster Trilogy, and the Deception Trilogy. Today, we meet Astrid and Levi in a star-crossed romance story in Cruel King. And I really like the dedication this week. I think it goes with the story. Today, this week's dedication is to the Invisible Ones. So getting into the plot review, Asher Clifford has always been content being an invisible one at RES. Levi King is on the opposite side of the spectrum as he is RES's star captain of the soccer team. The one thing that Asher and Levi have in common, the fact that they are supposed to stay away from each other. After being drugged at a party, Astrid runs out into the street where she is hit by a car and left to die. To everyone's shock, she survives. And the more she digs into the cause of the accident, the madder Levi gets, which complicates the two staying away from each other. What results is a cat and a mouse game where the two try to one-up each other in mean ways that eventually leads to Astrid being hunted by Levi. The game between the two leads to them falling for each other hard and the star-crossed lovers aspect because their families do not like each other. Despite what their families think, the two continue on in their steamy relationship but once truths come to the surface, things become complicated. Cruel King gives us a dark bully romance in a dark academia setting with spice and plot that does not disappoint. So I think I'm going to give this between three and a half and four stars. I think it could vary depending on the day. Levi was so toxic, like incredibly toxic, but I loved him. I really like the whole star-crossed lovers from opposing families vibe that this book gave off. Astrid's family situation high key sucked so did Levi's but I think that Astrid's was worse and harder and by the end of the story I actually preferred preferred Levi's uncle to Astrid's dad because I think that Levi's uncle is just kind of like like an alpha a psychopath like kind of like the vibe that we read about a lot like maybe his social skills aren't there and he's not like naturally nurturing nurturing Whereas Astrid's dad, I think, like, actively made her life so much fucking worse. And then you get to the end. This is a small rant. Then you get to the end, and he just gives her this bullshit apology of, like, I'm going to do better. And it's like, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Where were you, like, the whole time? Like, so she's 18. Like, you have missed out all, on every opportunity. So that's my tiny little rant on that. I spent the first 75% of this book thinking Dan was absolutely insufferable. But then to find out at the very end, this is obviously a spoiler, but the whole episode is a spoiler. To find out at the very end that the night that she was drugged, he was also drugged and her shitty stepsister assaulted him made me view him in like almost a completely different light. And so like maybe he was so over-sexual and like, crass because that's how he was coping with what he went through because I don't think we talk about men being assaulted enough so that was a little 180 in my brain that I'm still kind of working through I also really liked Aiden he's obviously a psychopath he's obviously teed up for a book so can't wait for that high school bully romances to me are top tier and so I love the invisible girl or like bullied girl and mega popular guy who protects her can't get enough I got to the point where I kind of saw it coming that Levi's dad was somehow involved in her mom's accident, 
but not that he was like dancing in the rain. Like when you get to the bloody handprint on the ankle, I was like, oh my God, like he killed her. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like that he was just like manic and dancing in the rain. It's just really sad. Like there were a lot of parts at the end of the story where I was just like, damn. But no part of me saw the plot twist of it being her stepmom. Absolutely zero part of me saw that shit coming. No, I. it's kind of like one of those plot twists where you just have to like close your book for a second. I had to like take a couple breaths and I was like, what? Yeah. Fucking crazy. She tampered with the brakes. She tried to hit Astrid. And I was like, girl, this is literally crazy. Levi is fine as fuck. He carried for me. I love a mentally unstable man. (laughs) The difference in his eyes when he was going full psycho really did it for me. This man was a goner and it's concerning how fucking possessive and crazy this boy was at 18. Like, can you picture him at 35? (laughs) Because I cannot. And then I have a couple quotes. Um, At one point, I don't remember where they're going, but he and Astrid are in the car and she thinks to herself, even while driving, he has this constant volatile energy that's barely tucked under the surface. He's like gasoline waiting for a spark to erupt so that he can leave ashes in his wake. I'm not sure if I'll be the spark or the ashes or both. Felt like that was pretty indicative of their whole relationship. He pulls back and threads his fingers in my hair, playing with the falling strands. I love all the little ways he touches me like he can't get enough of me. This man was so obsessed with her. And then these next two things happened within a page of each other. When they're joking about him being like a professional footballer and he's like, oh, I'll buy you whatever you want. And she says something like, oh, that sounds more like a sugar daddy than a boyfriend to me. And he says, I'll be your anything as long as you're mine. Straight in the chest. And then... Again, a page later, I don't remember what happens, but she says, like, I'm angry at you right now, or like, I'm mad at you. And he says, You can be angry all you want without leaving my side. Mic drop. Obsessed. Um, so I also gave this book four stars. One thing about Rena is that she's going to write a hot book with like a plot twist that make your jaw drop. Like she's always gonna deliver in that aspect. I love the forbidden, like, romance, like, theme, like, the Romeo and Juliet undertones, but I don't think it was too, like, in your face. Um, the book had everything that I love. It had a hunt, dark alpha hero, dark academia, sports, and, like, the good girl, bad guy with family drama sprinkled in. Like, it just had, like, it all. We all know that I love a hot psycho, and Levi did not disappoint. He was so fine, but also crazy and dark. And I was on the edge of my seat at times, just waiting to see like what his next move was going to be. The tension between him and Astrid created this cat and mouse game. However, this is one of the books that starts out so enemies to lovers that I don't know how these two could fall in love. Like they absolutely hated each other. I like Astrid, but being like the invisible one story kind of got annoying to me. Like, we get it. Like, you just, like, want to just lay low. Like, we get it. Um, Every time she talked about missing her mom and feeling guilty about the accident, I got just, like, really sad because she just wanted her mom. And instead, she was living in a house full of people who could care less about her. Sav mentioned this, but Levi's dad dying in the same accident as Ashley's mom had me shook. And then Victoria going psycho and being the cause of accidents her trying to shoot them with a gun. And like when the daughter came in, 
trying to like save Astrid and like talk sense into her mom. It was just so drama filled. I couldn't have asked for anything else. Um, I love how connected all the characters were and it really did set up a good world for the series. And after reading three of like the second generation books, this book made more sense having more details and three quotes that I love. He says, if you are a mistake, I'll still make it every fucking time. Like that is just so romantic and so poetic. And he goes, Astrid once told me I was a dark knight. It's on dark nights that stars like her shine the brightest. And then it is when he is propose- like asking her, um, Astrid to marry him. He goes, you gave my life meaning and I want to spend every single moment of it with you. Like, ugh. forget the psycho stuff he did. There's no red flag. Zero. I saw none. <laughs> you know what I love about this dynamic is that everything you didn't like about the book, I really liked. <laughs> like the invisible girl, big on that. I didn't, that didn't bother me at all. And you thought it was annoying. And then you said something else. I was like, I get it. I I personally don't think that it was annoying. I liked it. I could have had her be more visible and talk about it more. <laughs> the other thing is that I didn't think that this was so enemies to lovers at all. See, at the beginning, so when they were like, when they were like vandalizing the stuff, he was spreading the rumor about her and like people were calling her like awful names in the hallway. Like, I just don't know how you how she how they were supposed to come back from that. Nah, this man was obsessed with her the whole time. I don't think that it was it was always love on his end. Interesting. <laughs> it's like vicious. I would always go back to vicious when oh. we talk about dark Everything comes back <laughs> to vicious. I think it's about time for my annual vicious review. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should listen to vicious on audio. Ooh. Ooh, that would be a fun way to spend a couple days. Let me see. Does Libby have it? No, because I have looked for it before. But I would buy the audio at this point. I'm committed. I meant to ask you this. Sorry. How do you feel about audio? Like, what's your general review of it so far? I don't think it's that bad. But <laughs> it kind of took me a little bit. I don't know. It's like, it's just interesting. It's not the same to me. It's not the same. But I think that, like, if there's a book I really, really, really want to read, then I will definitely, like, read it. But if there's, like, a book, like, I, like we said, like, have to get through King of Pride to get through the next one. And, like, that, I will listen to it on audio. Okay. Okay. I like that. Because I remember you read the Love Triangle. You listened to the Love Triangle one by LJ on audio, and you hated that one. Correct. I did hate that one. And I have that one as a hard copy, but I haven't read it yet. You gamble sometimes going straight to the hard copy. This is so off topic. I went to Target Friday, Saturday, uh-huh. um, and went in the book aisle. They had nothing. I was looking for the new Lucy score. Like, I shit you not, Emily. Target had maybe 45 books total. See, I've never, I've only bought, like, two books from Target, and they were Tessa Bailey. Because I knew that they would be, like, um, have, like, an extended. Mm. But I usually don't ever buy books from um, Target. I buy books from Target a lot. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So picked over. That makes me sad. I mean, I love it that people are reading, though. 
so it makes true. me sad but I'm also like oh yay people are reading you know my Barnes and Noble was stocked they had like a hundred copies of the Lucy score book okay maybe I'll go to Barnes and Noble tomorrow they had them at the same table as the Colleen Hoover books and I was like no mm-hmm. <laughs> no they're not the same okay now we can get into the spice sorry I had a little tangent I gave this one and a half peppers how many peppers did you give it I gave it one and a half peppers also, but it, and it had, there was potential there for it to be spicier. There was. I was shocked that it wasn't as spicy because it was Rena. Yeah. That was like what I was telling you. I think this book, because like it is listed as number zero. It's not listed as the first book of the series. That like this is just like the fluff book to introduce the world. What a fluff book it was. <laughs> <Not really. laughs> like... Rena Kent should be her mind should be studied. Like I mean, this is just the flop, and I'm loving it. I'm loving it for her. Yeah, if Rena writes about air, I will be getting a hard copy. <laughs> uh, you want me to go? Or do you want to go? I can. Okay. So, I think it there wasn't this wasn't technically like a sex scene. But I think the makeout scene was hot when he was mad that she was cheering for somebody else and not him at the soccer game. He was like, you don't, like, say any other man's, like, name out of your mouth. Like, you only cheer for me. And, like, we got that, like, possessive side of him. I um, think sometimes that makeouts in books can be hotter than the actual sex. I think so, too. Like, if it is just really, like, well done, it could be just chef kisses. Yeah, agreed. And then so this is when they're finally going to like have sex for the first time. He goes, your tears, your laughs, your pain, your joy. He drags his tongue along my lower lip and bites it. Everything you have to offer is mine to own. Astrid goes, my breathing hitches as I watch him in all of his naked glory hovering over me like a god. My breathing hitches as he pulls me by my hips until his cock is at my entrance. And Levi goes, it's time you are all mine, princess. And he slams into me in one long, brutal go. I feel like that just encompasses who Levi is. Obsessed. And there's a quote he says, call it obsession or foolishness or fucking madness, but you keep your eyes on me. But that's again getting into like the sexy possessiveness of Levi. And then this was kind of after like they took a little bit of time away from each other. He goes, I don't care what fucking happens. You're not leaving anymore. Astra goes, he slams into me before I can form any type of response, thrusting into me long and hard. Levi removes his fingers from my mouth to stroke a strand of hair behind my ear. It's like, this is hot sex, but also like, he, like the, like the sweetness of like him tucking the hair behind her ear, him just like being like, I missed you. Like you just can't go anywhere. If he can't put your fingers put his fingers in your mouth and then also use the same fingers I don't want him hair out of your ear. like you don't want him get you a man that can do both <laughs> only green flags <laughs> okay I also gave this one and a half peppers I want to go back Emily talks about it briefly but the your tears your laughs your pain your joy this is when he's taking her virginity right First of all, Honey is bound with her hands behind her back to have her virginity taken away. That is a power move, I personally think. I don't know that it would have been fun for me at the ripe age of 15, but I do think that it's fun for her. The other thing is that 
I feel like a lot of times books piss me off when the heroine loses her virginity. I really liked it a lot that he like went to fuck her rough, was like, oh my God, you're a virgin. I didn't realize. And then dials it back. I really, really liked that about that whole scene. The bonus art scene was hot as fuck. Like, I want my man naked, ready for me to paint him when I come home to the house that he bought me and the art studio that he built for me. Like, that was hot. That was really hot. And this is one thing that I love about this series, like, this world that Rena has created with this, like, these, like, this series and the Next Generation series is how art is just yeah throughout. And I, I love that. I thought that was so hot. And I was just like, she girl won the lottery sold agreed he looks at me like i'm the most appetizing thing he's ever seen you'll come for me won't you you'll scream so loud you'll bring the whole fucking house down huh everyone will know you're being fucked really good all right my most favorite spice line in a book if you've been here for a while you know that this is coming they're having sex and she goes oh god and he cries out or she cries out oh god and he goes not quite he says as his lips curve and his face turns feral with lust and something else i can't place i hold on to his neck as he sucks the tender skin of my breast is there any place he's left unmarked she cries out oh god and he says not quite hot so this man was like at times you forget that he's 18 that's what i'm saying can you imagine this person being a fully grown adult i cannot I have a question so we can move into discussion questions okay at what age do you no longer want to read about 18 year olds is it now it's kind of now it's I was kind of like damn like they are children as I was reading this yeah and when I like I did not know that this but what happened in like high school yeah I thought it was college yeah because the second generation is college Right. So I'm just kind of like, I don't know, I see that in, gr- in like our groups and stuff all the time. And I'm like, no, I'll never get old of a good old high school romance. But I'm like, maybe I am getting to the age where it's not doing it for me quite as much anymore. And also like I teach 18 year olds. Yeah. So like to me, it's kind of just like, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm over it. And then this is the thing. What age of the author do you think it's okay for them? To write about Ooh, 18 year olds good question I don't know I think if you're over the age of like 35 then like no and I say 35 because like authors who are 35 they're on TikTok like they're saying like what people want to read yeah but I think that if you're over 35 you shouldn't be writing about 18 year olds here's another thought perpendicular thought I find it so cringy that like Taylor Swift still releases some songs that say like in the hallway, like girl, grow up. We're not in the hallway yeah. anymore. This That's is, the thing. This is the book equivalent of that. Like it's like in the re-recordings, I get it, but not in new stuff. Now, like, cause that was been fun about Taylor Swift is like, we've grown up with her. So yes. now we're in our late twenties. Um, <laughs> I don't need to be singing hallway. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm not in the hallway anymore. Nobody's <laughs> in the hallway. And like nobody reading Rena Kent is in the hallway. Maybe they yeah. are. 
And honestly, that's a slay. If you're reading Rena Ken at age 17, 18, good. And high school, kudos to you. Kudos to you. What would you do as a high school teacher if a girl walked into your class with a Rena Ken book? So there were girls in my high school that were reading Fifty Shades of Grey, like in class. I read Fifty Shades of Grey my freshman year of college. Yeah, no, people were reading them in high school. I love that for them. I was reading like, Wattpad in high school, which is, I mean, essentially the same thing. But now that if I, if I, because like it is with like Rena, I'd be like, oh, she's like the girl, the bad bitch. So she's reading Rena at 18. Absolutely. I would, like, <laughs> I would come home and be like, listen about this bad bitch in my class. Yeah. Exactly. But you can't say that to her because there's like a weird thing going on, but yeah. Bad bitches reading Raina Ken High School, we see you. Yep. But now it's pretty interesting. I wonder if like the rest of the series is in high school. Cause you know, I have I have the whole the whole series. Yeah, I don't know. It also just kind of makes me feel bad because I know like obviously so many women read romance and like it gets more popular as we get older. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. we haven't read a single book with a female main character over 30, probably. No. The only, personally, the only author who writes about older women is Lucy Score. Because she has a book called By the Thread, which I really uh-huh. enjoyed. And the main character, I think, was 40. I think she was 40. I think Maggie moves on. She was like 38 or 39. Yeah. That that has been the only, the, and that's again when you're older and you're reading books. Like, what if like if I had a son who was eight? Oh my god! Like I couldn't <laughs> read. I couldn't read about eighteen year old. No fucking way. So interesting. Okay, well, that was my discussion question. Is that I really liked this, but I'm wondering if maybe I'm getting a little too old for high school bully romances, which makes me sad. But they just don't hit the way that they did when I was like 24. Yes. Now we just need like adult darker romances. Yeah. I saw that you asked who was your favorite character in this book that wasn't Levi. And this is a hard question because Levi to me was like the redeeming light of this book. I didn't really, there was not a close second in my mind. I think it would have to be one of the soccer guys so one of the four horsemen, Aiden, Zan, I don't even remember it, Ronan, and the other one, one of them. I know you didn't like him, but I liked Dan. I'm having I'm having conflicting emotions about Dan because now I feel bad for judging him because he went through something terrible. Yeah, I liked Dan. I think that he was a good friend. Yes. I just personally found him so fucking annoying. And the way that he talked about like women and hooking up was gross to me. One the one thing I did not like about Dan, if I had a guy and I have guy best friends, if they called me booger, that's but, I would probably I would probably lose it. Yeah, I just found like the whole thing so annoying. But now I'm also like, but he's 17. Like what or 18? What do you expect out of an 18-year-old boy? That's true. So I'm working through my my complicated relationship with Dan. <laughs> Getting into our favorite segment of how we view our book boyfriends. In this case, it's Levi. Listen, Levi being blonde made him Joe Burrow. Y'all knew this was coming. Every blonde man for the foreseeable future will be Joe Shiesty to me. I think when Levi turns 22, he's getting full sleeve tats. Like he will be tattooed from head to toe. That's the vibe that I'm getting. 
Also, if you are a Twilight girly, you know the scene in the books and the movies when they're walking into school and Bella's like, everybody's looking at us and Edward has on the sunglasses and he's like, well, since I'm going to hell anyways, and it's like the sexiest Edward Cullen has ever been, that scene to me, this whole book was Levi. That's how I pictured him the whole time. Just like that peak hot Edward Cullen. I think that he drives a sports car fast. And then this is oddly specific, but I picture him with like a toothpick after a meal, (laughs) just looking scrumptious with a little toothpick in. And then I think that he would be a cat person, but only one cat. That is very specific. Thank you. (laughs) I'm like running out of the generic things that we say every week. So I'm having to get more and more specific. (laughs) So I think probably because he's blonde. I don't really like fuck with blondes. But Levi reminds me of Conrad Fisher from The Summer I Turned Pretty. It's like the blonde, the wavy hair. He drives a black Audi sports car. He only drinks his coffee black. This is also really specific. But he runs five miles every day. And he likes when the weather is stormy. His office is black with like dark emerald furniture and walls full of books. Like whenever I think of like those dark modern kind of houses, that's the house that Levi is living in. I feel he hates everyone but you, and he truly will do whatever, literally whatever the hell you want. I feel like he knows how to fly a plane. Hmm. He knows how to fly a plane, and he only flies private. Like, this man's not flying anything else, but he knows how to fly a plane. Is he flying himself private, or do you think he has, like, a private plane and a pilot? I think both. (laughs) <laughs> like, if he just wants, like, whisk you, like, or quickly, like, he's just going to do shit himself. Okay. And he has 10 houses, like, just everywhere. Like, he has, like, little empires everywhere. And also weirdly specific, but he likes the lake more than the ocean. Okay. These were mm-hmm. not like, but I like how specific we are starting to get. <laughs> like, when I think of, like, dark, rainy Seattle, I don't know why I picture that as... Levi. It's giving Christian Gray. Yes. Yes. If Christian Gray was hotter, it's giving Christian (laughs) Gray. So our last segment is, is our scientifically proven boyfriend pyramid. So at the bottom, you just have ultimate friends with benefits. Could be a long-term situation. Could not be. He's just not giving enough to be moving up in the pyramid. Then you have meet the parents possibly could be the one could not be the one you're just going to introduce your parents to him and then you have white picket fence you guys have that happily ever after mr and mrs few kids you live in the suburbs but at the top of the top you have god tier where they just have all the oomph and just are immaculate men so sav where are you putting levi i'm putting levi at god tier i don't know if it's because I'm in love with him or if it's because I'm horny <laughs> either way. I it feels weird putting an 18-year-old boy a god tier, but he deserves it and he's hot and I don't care. I'm putting him a god tier also because like where else is he gonna go? He's not gonna be like a friends of benefit situation. Oh, fuck no. Like, and then if he's god tier, we're all of you gonna be married. Obvi. But like I got obvi. So like I put every Rena Kentman in God tier, so I'm just continuing the trend. I've never put a Rena Kent man at God tier. I think this is my first one. But he's giving this. Like, if we wouldn't have gotten the grown-up version of Vicious, this man was Vicious. 
And I'm just like excited because I know in LJ's new book, we're going to see Vicious again. So it just, it all comes back to him. That's who, that's who I think that Levi's rooming with. I think that he needs like a mentor or someone because he doesn't have a papa. And I just think that they just could like put him under his wing. Yeah. So, and I just think it's really fitting. Everything comes back to Vicious. And then Vicious was our first, our first book. All right, we hope y'all enjoyed this episode. We are in our fall football era, so we are going to read a fall football book next week of Enemies by Tijan. Tijan? T-I-J-A-N. And we haven't read it, and we just, we don't have anything else to read. <laughs> so this is what we're doing. We hope you guys enjoyed going back to our dark roots. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.